Amen and amen. We're going to uh, start in just a moment in uh, Acts 8. I'll be uh, getting there in just a moment. But these last few weeks, I believe this is week four of the Holy Spirit. If you've missed any of the weeks, our messages are online on uh, iTunes. Uh, so you can get those messages there. It's been a great series thus far, and today's going to be great also. I can feel it already. Uh, this, uh, we, we've been talking the last three weeks about Holy Spirit. And just to kind of do a recap, in order for the church... In order for us to release sounds that sounds like heaven, to release sounds of victory, not only inside of these walls, but outside of the walls, there must, we must be unified. And whenever you begin to dwell in the spirit and in the presence of God and you get into upper rooms, you don't stay in lower rooms, but you start living in upper rooms, you start dwelling in upper rooms where the spirit of God is, you really uh, begin to have a kingdom perspective. You can see things as God sees things. You can see people as harvest, and you begin to see all of these things happening in the spirit realm whenever you start dwelling <clears throat> with the spirit. And last week, we talked about on the interesting topic of, of, of the gift of tongues and what that means for us. And we've come to realize that the gift of tongues, it is not a mystery. It is not some uh, crazy thing, but it is a way that God is revealing himself to us and through us. Amen? Amen and amen. And as I was... Uh, Preparing this message, I was uh, watching this little documentary series, this little excerpt on the news about the marathon running that's coming up, the uh, Atlanta Peachtree Race, and I and I just felt so crazy for all. I felt so sorry for all those runners. I thought that's that's, that's so sad they're running a marathon, but you know here they are. They're, they're running a marathon, and I don't know if we have any runners in the house, uh, but uh, it is it has really become a, a phenomenon. It is called uh, is really caught on. Everybody's doing five Ks and and uh, some's walking, some's running, but it is uh, uh, the marathon that these people are doing is 20, over 26, a little over 26 miles. Just think about it. It makes me hurt, and uh, I don't like to run because the Bible says that the wicked run, so I, I, I just, I like, I'm not wicked. I like to run to the refrigerator every once in a while, but other than that, I just really don't, I'm not a big runner, uh, but if, if, if that's you, that's, that, that's you, that's cool, but uh, I, I was, I was they, they were talking about the race, and I was just looking it up as I was studying for this message this morning, and it said that medical studies show that a great percentage of marathon runners have a low immune system due to the stress that it puts on the body that a lot of times after they run for a couple of weeks, they will be very, uh, they're very inclined to get infections or cold or flu when they're running because this, the stress that it puts on their body, that their body, their body becomes so vulnerable and broken down that their immune system really just becomes depleted and they become uh, just really um, they can catch colds, they can catch flu, uh, any type of infection right after running. It, it just it breaks down the body so much. It says that the body also goes through a glucose, a glucose depletion. The energy and everything that makes up the energy just really becomes depleted. It says that the muscles begin to starve for oxygen and begin to cramp and really shut down. It says that even your organs, when running, a, uh, your, your vital organs can just begin to become so dehydrated and just starving for oxygen that your organs can just begin to completely shut down on you. And in one article that I was reading about this, this was a direct quote from the article. It says that running a marathon is like, quote, putting the body through a meat grinder. It is so tough on the body. It just breaks down the body. Yet people still won't 
to do this. And, and I, as I was studying even more, it said that science says that something crazy can, can happen when the runner is just past or around the three-quarter mark. When the runner gets to this mark, although their body is so depleted, it is called, this phenomenon is called second wind. How many of you have ever called, you say, I need, I need a second wind. Whenever you feel like you're exhausted in life, I just need a second wind. They say that this, this phenomenon is actually, it is a real thing to runners. And it says that scientists believe that the second Second wind is a result of the body finding the proper balance of oxygen to counteract the buildup of lactic acid that has built up in the muscles at the last stage of this race. So the body starts to find a balance with oxygen and it feels like a second wind. It feels like they got a little more energy all of a sudden. The second wind comes and aids the runner in finishing the race. Its timing is strategic. Its timing is when the body is giving up and saying, I can't make it on my own. It truly comes when the body can go no further. It comes when they start to feel, the runners start to feel like all the training they did just was not enough. They feel like, oh, I should have trained at least another month. I should have started a little earlier. When the, the mind starts saying, you're training, you, you didn't do this enough. You're never going to make it. That second wind starts to come. In. It comes, the second wind comes in when everything that the runner has relied on to get them this far has, de has been depleted. It is a second wind. Isn't it somewhat funny? Isn't it somewhat amazing that this second wind phenomenon is just like the phenomenon that we call the Holy Spirit? It comes in strategic moments. It comes when you realize you cannot make it on your own. It comes when the training that you did, all the self-help books that you read, all of the one-minute devotions that you did this morning, all of those things, it comes when you realize it's just not enough to get me to the finish line. And it comes like when the runner, it comes when everything that you've relied on to get you this far gets depleted. The Holy Spirit is like a second wind, somebody. It can do things for you when, you when you're about to give up. It can lift you up and take you across the finish line. In fact, there is a word describing the Holy Spirit, especially in the New Testament. In the original language, it is pneuma. It is P-N-E-U-M-A. P-N-E-U-M-A. Pneuma. And previously, uh, a couple weeks ago, we learned about the Ruach, the wind of God. It was from the very beginning, and it was a part of the Holy Spirit. In the original text, it, it takes the place of the Holy Spirit throughout Scripture. The Ruach, the wind of God. It was the Ruach that blew in that upper room that day. But now today, and starting in the New Testament, you start seeing a new word where Jesus is breathing the Spirit upon people, and the word was pneuma. It was pneuma. In this day, in this season, in this hour, in this city, guess what? God is releasing his breath upon people. God is releasing the pneuma, the Holy Spirit, breathe upon people to people who are ready for it. People that are running the race. People that know they can't make it on their own. People that know they can't learn or lean on their own understanding. People that he is releasing his pneuma, his breath, his spirit upon people that understand that it takes more than a 40-minute sermon from your pastor. Yeah. <laughs> 
people, he is releasing his spirit and his pneuma and his breath upon people that understand that Pentecost is all about the harvest. He is releasing his breath, the pneuma, upon people who want to be empowered. He is releasing the second win upon people that are not satisfied with their first win but are ready for more. He is releasing his breath upon people. Look at your neighbor this morning and say, I need a second win. I need a second win. I need a second win. Because see, the first win is not enough. Even scripture, if you look at scripture, it will tell you that the first win simply is not enough. As I said before, go with me to Acts chapter 8, verse 4. Acts chapter 8, verse 4 this morning. It says, Philip went down to a city in Samaria and proclaimed the Messiah there. When the crowds heard Philip and saw the signs that he performed, there they all paid close attention to what he said. For with shrieks, impure spirits came out of many, and many who were paralyzed or lame, they were healed, just like we were singing about this morning. So there was great joy in the city, verse 14. And when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had accepted the word of God, listen, Non-believers, all of a sudden, they accept the word of God, and they sent Peter and John to Samaria. And when they arrived, they prayed for the new believers, the people who just found Jesus. They prayed for the new believers there that they might receive the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit had not yet come on any of them. They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Now let's break this down. They had received their first win. The first win is when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and starts to nudge you, starts to pull you. Good old old-fashioned terms, it is conviction. It start when the Holy Spirit starts to come in, the Holy Spirit acts like a highlighter and he comes in and he just starts highlighting things in your life that's not correct and before you know it, he is pulling you into a relationship with God. He is not filling you, but he is pulling you. He is nudging you. That is the first win that we feel. And then it says that they had not received the Holy Spirit yet. So all of a sudden, they, uh, the, the, the disciples here, they are there and they begin to lay their hands upon the people because they had been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. So the first win is when they came into relationship with him. But God was not finished with them yet. Then in verse 17, continuing, it says, Then Peter and John placed their hands on them and they received the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Guess what? It is not over. He is not finished with you yet. He is not finished with you yet. You've got your first win. You've had your experience with grace. You received the gift of salvation. You've been baptized in water. You've been through legacy track. You're signing up for vacation Bible school. You even pay your tithes. But guess what? God isn't finished with you yet because with God, there's always more that he has in store. If you want to finish this race called life and you want to finish it alive, you need a second win. You need to be filled with the spirit of God.
You need the Holy Spirit. Look at your neighbor and say, you need the Holy Spirit. You really do need the Holy Spirit. You need a second win if you want to finish this thing alive. Because if I were to ask you right now, if I were to say, how many of you want to win a harvest? How many of you want to expand the kingdom? Probably most of you in this building would raise your hand because you want to see people saved. You want to see churches grow. You want to see the kingdom grow. But let me give you a, 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 a common factor with people mentioned in the New Testament that were causing revival and church growth. This common factor was that they were filled with the Spirit. They had experienced a second wind like never before. Just jot this down. Don't turn there. Acts chapter 11, 24. It says, he, Barnabas, was a good man and was full of what? The Holy Spirit and in faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Acts 6, verses 8 and 10. It says, Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and what? His power did great wonders with miraculous signs among the people. But they could not stand up against him or his wisdom because of the Holy Spirit by which he was speaking. In Acts 4, 8, it says, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, All of these people were catalysts to the growth of this church. All of these people were adding hundreds and thousands of people to the church and what was the common factor they had received the second whim they were not satisfied with just being saved they were not just satisfied that they got their bible they were not just satisfied that they got their certificate they were wanted more and when god began to breathe upon these people the church exploded let's go even deeper shall we guess what even jesus needed the holy spirit in matthew 3 16 it says as soon as jesus was baptized he went out of the water and at that moment heaven was open and he saw the spirit of God descending like a dove and it landed on him in Luke 4 and 1 it says Jesus full of the Holy Spirit in Luke 4 14 it says Jesus Return to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And it was followed by Luke 4, 18, 19. Whenever he says, guess what? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery for the sight of the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. What he was saying is, yes, I am Jesus, but now that the Holy Spirit is with me and in me the broken hearted should be healed the drug dealers can become clean the young prostitutes can be restored now that the Holy Spirit is inside of me the fatherless will find Jesus the captives will be set free the people in darkness shall see the light guess what if Jesus needed the Holy Spirit how much more do we need the Holy Spirit Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit. Can we continue? He said even the disciples got a second wind. In John 20, 22, guess what? Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. This was before the upper room. So they had already been blown upon. They had already felt the Spirit. And then they go to the upper room. And we know the story there. Here they are. It sounds like it says the Ruach blew. The wind of God blew in that place. The Holy Spirit fell. And they began filled with the Holy Spirit and it says that people heard the tongues and heard it in their own native language that was standing out in the street and they were startled they were startled they said they must be drunk this is crazy these people 
must be drunk. And Peter said, no, 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 we're not drunk. We're just full of the Spirit. And as I was reading this, you know what? There's a lesson that can be learned from drunk people. Yeah. Tweet me on that one, okay? Our attendance will go up next week. Preacher preaching about drunk people. What can you learn from a drunk? Get this. The drunk man. He doesn't just become an alcoholic by looking at Jack Daniels. No, 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 no. He ain't looking at Jack Daniels and becomes intoxicated. That's not the way it works. But all of a sudden, he starts partaking. He may just have it with a, with a little bit of Coke. However y'all drink that stuff, I don't know. On the rocks, I don't, I don't know what to say. Then he may, he may do a little shot of it. And then all of a sudden, it becomes, he just, wants, it, he just wants a little bit more of it. And then he just continues. And then all of a sudden, he is partaking of it. And then all of a sudden, now he has a thirst for Jack. Hmm. He didn't get the thirst just by looking at it. Is anybody following me here? But he had to actually partake of the Jack to get addicted to Jack. And he just keeps partaking until Jack all of a sudden overtakes who he is. And then all of a sudden, he's no longer Bob. Now he is Jack because Jack has overtaken who he is. There is so much Jack that has got into his bloodstream. Bob is not acting like Bob anymore. Bob is now acting like Jack because he is intoxicated and he is under the influence. Mm. All of a sudden, he becomes drunk. He starts to walk different. He can't walk a straight line. All of a sudden, he starts to walk different. Why? Because he is intoxicated by Jack. He's not walking the same anymore. Are you following me this morning? All of a sudden, there is so much jack in his system. He can't even walk right anymore. All of a sudden, not only is he not even walking right, he is talking different. Oh, gosh. Here he is. All of a sudden, his, his speech is there. And all of a sudden, he's like one of those guys like, what's that? You know, he's one of those. He's just everywhere. He's just talking. You can't understand him. He's not walking right. Why? Because he is intoxicated by jack. No longer is he walking the same. No longer is he talking the same. But now he used to be shy Bob that sat in a corner. But now, guess what? Now he's Jack, and he's on the dance floor. He is the life of the party. Ain't nobody stopping him. He's out there, boom, 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 boom. Boom. He's no longer the shy guy, but now he's got moves like nobody's ever seen, and nobody ever wants to see those moves again because here he is. No longer is he shy Bob. Now he's wild Jack because he has been intoxicated by Jack. Hmm. So not only, not only is he he's not walking the same anymore, he's not talking the same anymore, he's not shy anymore, but now he just starts loving on everybody. He's just loving on everybody. Everybody's just good. Everybody knows him. He thinks he knows everybody. Why? Because he's full of Jack. He's laughing all the time. It's not even funny. And Jack's over here laughing. Why? Because he's intoxicated. He is full of Jack. 
Do you understand the line that I'm drawing here? See, God is ready for a church to become intoxicated by the Holy Spirit. And when you become intoxicated by the Holy Spirit, you won't walk the same anymore. You hold your shoulders up. Why? Because you realize that God has empowered you to do something. You don't walk around depressed anymore, but you walk around like you are full of the Spirit. You walk around with boldness. You don't talk the same anymore. Why? because the Holy Spirit has intoxicated you. It is flowing through your veins. The thing ways you, that you used to talk, you don't talk that way anymore. Why? Because you are a woman of the Spirit. All of a sudden, guess what? You aren't shy anymore. Some of you can't even invite anyone to church. You're so scared of it. But when the Holy Spirit gets inside of you, it will empower you to witness. It will empower you to invite people to church. It will empower you to share the gospel. All of a sudden, guess what? You find joy like never before. You start loving people that you never thought you would love. You start saying hi to the homeless. You start inviting the prostitute. Why? Because you have been intoxicated by the power of the Spirit. You need a second wind. You need a second wind. And I'm closing with this today. All of a sudden, turn with me, 2 Kings chapter 4, quickly. 2 Kings chapter 4. I love this story. Of course, it's with my boy Elisha. 2 Kings chapter 4. This woman, Shunammite woman, had been praying. Or actually, she had been really nice to Elisha. Every time he would come into town, she'd, she'd give him a room to stay in. She would prepare a meal for him. Elisha realizes her kindness. Elisha realizes her going out of her way. And he says, what can I pray for you? What needs do you have? She says, I'm old, but I just want to bear a child. That's my only prayer. He says, well, you will be pregnant. And within a year, she gave birth to her son. Now her son is lying on his deathbed. The Shunammite woman sends word, goes after Elisha, and says, come. How could it be the one that you have prophesied? The one that we prayed over is now laying on their deathbed. What is it? All of a sudden, Elisha gets to the house in 2 Kings 4, verse 32. And Elisha reached the house. There was the boy lying dead on his couch. Elisha went in. He shut the door on the two of them. And he prayed to the Lord. Then he got on the bed and lay on the boy, mouth to mouth, eyes to eyes, hands to hands. And as he stretched himself out on him, the boy's body grew warm. 
And then Elisha, he turned away. He got up off this boy and he walked back and forth in the room. Then he got on the bed and stretched out on him once more. And the boy sneezed seven times and opened his eyes. Wow. As I was reading this, I really felt that God was saying, this is my vision for the church. Elisha climbed on this dead boy. Ben, aren't you glad I'm not asking you to react this one with me? And he put his mouth to his mouth. Wouldn't you have liked to have seen that one? And he put his eyes to his eyes. And he put his hands on his hands. And as he is standing there, he is breathing into this boy. And then all of a sudden, Elisha realizes that this body is growing warm. Many people would begin to shout. Many people would be like, praise ye the Lord, it is over. You would have a party. You would have already, you would have already updated your Facebook page. He's warm. Praise God, it's over. Elisha said, no, 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 no. He gets up off the boy, and he's walking back and forth, the Bible says. Hmm. Looking at the situation. Mm, no, no, no. I'm not satisfied with that body being warm. Hmm. He's not up. He's not moving. No, 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 no. I'm not satisfied with that quite yet. I'm not satisfied with my marriage being warm. I'm not satisfied just being warm with this situation. See, there are so many of you who have a situation that's just warm in your life. So many of you, guess what? You are just warm. And the Bible says it is so dangerous for you to be warm because the Lord will spew you out it makes him sick whenever somebody is just warm and here Elisha is no, no, I'm not satisfied with the situation he has received his first win and he's warm but there is more for the situation and then all of a sudden Elisha says no 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 there's more so he gets back on the boy he puts his mouth up against his mouth he puts his eyes upon his eyes he puts his hand upon his hand and he breathes a second win and when the second wind enters that boy's lungs all of a sudden he begins to sneeze and becomes alive and he gets up do you realize what God wants to do to you today God wants to outstretch himself over you over every situation that you have he wants to breathe into you a second wind he wants to breathe into you his Holy Spirit and when he breathes upon you guess what he puts his eyes to your eyes what is he doing he is trying transferring a vision to you he is transferring ways to you he is transferring dreams to you all of a sudden you are getting the vision of God when you get the second win all of a sudden guess what is happening he is stretching out his hands upon him. All of a sudden, guess what? When you receive the Holy Spirit and you get the second wind, guess what it is? He is anointing your hands for service. He is getting you prepared for greater works. Why? Because there is a harvest coming. And there needs to be people who are filled with the Spirit that is ready for the harvest. I, while I was praying, while I was writing this message, God just said, I want Legacy Church to be the church 
church that is stretching themselves out over a city, that is breathing the spirit into the city, that is giving godly vision to a city. Prepare our hands for work. Why, God? Because the harvest is ready and the laborers are few. I don't know about you, but I'm ready for a second wind this morning. God is breathing his spirit over a body. God is tired of warmed up church. There are warm churches all across this city this morning. There are warm messages all across this nation this morning. There are warm people all across this nation who are listening to warm music, warm messages. But God is ready for the church to become so intoxicated by the Spirit that it overtakes their body. And no longer are they walking the same. No longer are they talking the same. No longer are they acting the same, but they are full of the Spirit. God, stretch yourself out over us. God, stretch yourself out. Stand up with me this morning. Get this. Get this. The boy sneezed. Seven times. Seven, the biblical number for completion, because the first wind was not enough. But that second wind completed him and brought him to where he needed to be. What is the significance of sneezing? Whenever you sneeze, what, why are you sneezing? Because there is some type of foreign particles that is in your nasal route. And it is the body's reaction to release those things from your nasal passage so you can breathe again. Guess what? If you want the Spirit, if you want to dwell in the Spirit, God is saying to somebody, you need to sneeze some things out of your life because He cannot dwell in unclean places. He can visit there, but He cannot dwell there. God is saying, guess what? You need to start sneezing today. You need to be releasing some things from your life. You need to release some relationships. You need to release some people. You need to release some gossip. You need to release your lying tongue. You need to release these things from your life because the Spirit cannot dwell there. But he says, I want to stretch myself out over you. And I want to breathe on you like never before. And when I breathe on you and you receive the gift of the Spirit, you won't walk the same. You won't talk the same. You won't be shy anymore. You will have a vision like God. Your hands will be ready for service. He's ready to stretch himself out over you. This morning, as we close our eyes and just bow our heads just for a moment, if you're in this place this morning and you say, you know what? I need a first wind. I need Jesus first. I just need Jesus first. I need salvation. I need him in my life. I just want him to breathe that wind upon me this morning. I just need to know him. If you're in the house this morning, you say, you know what? 
I got saved when I was 10. I got saved when I was a teenager, but I've done some things, and I, my, my life has been crazy, but now I'm ready to come back to him. You may be here, and you say, you know what? I got saved last year, but I've done a lot of things, and I just need to rededicate my life. I need that initial first wind to come upon me. If that's you and you're in this house, would you just raise your, your hand right now? <laughs> 